Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Shot Clock, the high school basketball podcast dedicated to high school basketball here in Illinois and specifically in the Chicago area. But this is episode 87. I'm Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report, and joining me again is Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times. A reminder, the podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you could, remember to rate and review us. Uh, this is a little bit a little bit different of an episode because it is going to be predominantly holiday tournament preview time, and uh, we're going to kind of scratch a couple of the things that we usually do, and... And Mike, I think we're just going to hit the questions and and get right at, well, what is the busiest time of of the regular season for sure? Yep, no doubt. I just uh, spent the day, well, I dealt a lot with football signing day, which was checking the name spelling of like 50 guys. and It's kind of annoying, but also got brackets up on the Sun-Times website. So if you haven't seen them yet, go check that out. All I think the nine major tournaments across the state, there are brackets up there. We will be updating the brackets with scores as soon as the game ends um, throughout the week. So everything you need should be right there to find. And then they look pretty good on your phone. It is exciting that I was allowed sometimes graphical resources to do this, Joe. <laughs> it does not happen very often or ever. Um, the football ones did really well. So that helped. So please go check these out people. <laughs> Otherwise they won't exist in the future. Um, all right, let's get to these questions. First up, Doug Hammer. He says that I know what's coming. I didn't know it was coming. I certainly didn't expect this. He wants a potential Aurora Christian Providence St. Mel small school title game breakdown. Well, I, I, I haven't seen Aurora Christian yet. I did see them last year, um, and I really liked Will Wolf. Um, I thought he was excellent, actually. Um, so that's a very interesting... I think it would be a great game for sure, but it's far away, Doug. Well, are they playing? Are they? They're both at. Isn't he talking about Bloomington? Oh, North? is he? Oh, he must be. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, even I look at the small school bracket. Yeah, oh, okay. Saint Mel is. Oh. I'm 99 percent sure. Well, there you go. Is at uh, the Bloomington uh, State Farm State Farm Classic, okay. which which if they played would be pretty cool. Kind of a well, Chicago area small school powerhouses playing in Central Illinois and in a really fun, nice tournament too. But. Yeah, I mean, Aurora Christian's good. The, 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 I, it's going to be a matter of can they be as good as last year? Taj Davis and and uh, Will Wolf you mentioned and Jay Sean Thomas, they look very good this summer. When I saw them, I have not yet seen them this year. You know, Saint Mel has been pretty impressive. You know, they we've talked about it last week. I, I think their speed, athleticism uh, could be the difference, but they just they got so much balance. I mean, I, we we talk a lot about. You know, you know, Dion from Dion Jackson to Tyrell Nelson to um, you know Tim Irvin and Tayon Neal inside, but I mean Jason Mason and, and Eric Jordan's a shooter. So I mean, they just got so many pieces and parts. St. Mel has uh, and, and a lot of balance. So I, you know, if that materializes, like I'll take St. Mel on that one. Yeah, I'm looking at. I did not look at that at all. I just got worried that I didn't put this bracket up. But there are only three local teams in it: the Aurora Christian and Providence St. Mel. And uh, Bishop McNamara. Uh, St. Mel is the three seed. Rock Falls is the two. And Aurora Christian is the one. So, huh, Rock, Rock Falls is 10-0. and 0. Yeah, so St. Mel would have to get by Rock Falls in the, in the semis. But isn't Rock Falls, isn't that supposed to be like all 1A and 2A? Yes. 
Well, they just call it small school. Okay. Rock so, Falls 3A, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, so maybe, you know, I thought there was a bigger school in the big, or a smaller school in the big bracket, um, like U High, or, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I think they do it by um, just small school. Yeah, normal U High is in the big school bracket. Yeah, there's... And aren't they... Yeah. Two or three? Oh, yeah, whatever. But, um, yo, yeah, well, that'd be fun. Uh, let's see. It's at what time of the title game be? 5.15 on the 29th at the Shirk Center. So that'll be interesting. I've been flirting with heading over to Bloomington on the 26th. I have not made my schedule yet because um, there's some teams I really need to see there, and I'm going to be down there anyway for Pontiac. So maybe I'll make an appearance over at the State Farm. Probably not the small schools, though, Doug. Um, yeah, I think Providence ML is the favorite. But that Will Wolf can play for sure. Next up, Alex Andre. Alex hits the topic that uh, it's been going on for a few days here. The story about I wrote about Brad Underwood not being around recruiting, or basically most of the Illinois staff, frankly. Um, Alex says that he loves the podcast with you and Joe, and I also love the Illini. Thought you made some great points on the Jeremy Werner show that explained what you were trying to say in the article better because I didn't think the article was fair. Um, his first question is, Illinois put themselves in a position again needing spring signees for the 2019 class. So most of the current recruiting time should be spent away from Illinois, right? Because there's no one in the state for 2019 that they're going after. Um, well, that in itself is a, is a little bit of nothing to do with the story or the topic, but that in itself is, is – I mean, they, they brought in, I don't know how many, five guys last spring, um, and now they're going to have to bring in I – mean, they have one committed, not signed, and they're going to have to do some more work in the spring. Sign, and that's just not a way to live, really, in, in yeah. high major recruiting. You know, so you can get a, you can do that with some smaller, low-division one schools. They, they, they like late bloomers at that level and, you know, some JUCOs and things like that. But uh, it, it is hard to live that way, recruiting. Uh, and, and it just – and it, it does put you back a little bit. I mean, you're a lot of schools are done, you know, and get those guys committed before even October, November, and they're working on future classes. So yeah, to a degree, uh, but you still have to have your, your foot in the pool pretty heavily, you know, when it comes to the younger classes in today's age of recruiting. Yeah, um, I found that kind of shocking um, that that was such an and it was an excuse a lot of Illinois fans used. I mean, you're you're just going to perpetuate the cycle if you keep doing it like this. I mean, you've got to multitask. There's no other way. You can't. I mean, whatever. Yeah, what Joe said is correct, and yeah, I think it's even kind of worse than that. I mean, you, there's more than one guy on staff. You got to be out there. You've got to do this stuff. If you're not recruiting for the next several classes right now, you're in a huge hole. Um, next up, the relationship between the state and the University of Illinois hasn't worked recently. Isn't it good that they're spreading their recruiting to a national footprint? Well, it'd be good if maybe they had a little bit more of a pop and name recognition. Um, I mean, that, I think that's the biggest detriment to that is, you know, that's kind of what was my argument when going back 12 years ago, 13 years ago, when Illinois was at their highest point on covers of Sports Illustrated and D Brown and the winning streak and number one and final four. I mean, that's where you could theoretically really hit some home runs outside of your, your breadbasket. And they didn't, didn't at all. I mean, that was the, the 
the, the bottoming him out, bottoming out of, of Bruce Weber and his staff as they did not capitalize on that. So, yeah, I mean, in theory, you'd say, yeah, we'd like to go out and of our reach. But again, and, and part of that due to, yeah, there isn't, the last few classes have not had a, a ton of high major prospects. It, it narrows the amount of players, you know, and then also that means when there's a smaller number of, of high major recruits in, in the state, what that means, not only is there less to choose from, but it also means more from the outside are trying to pluck kids out of Illinois and there'd be more involved on that small number. It's just not, you're not spread out. But I just, I don't know. I, I, with the struggles they've had, uh, it's more highlighted and pronounced in Illinois. They see it and hear about it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they don't quite think of it, of the struggles when they're out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but uh, Illinois has not been very successful in their attempts of doing that over the you know decades. And that was when they were thriving as a program. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, theoretically, yeah, like just said, that'd be great. I mean, on the flip side is you could just, you know, get your Marquise Kennedys and. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if you're going out of the box outside of Illinois and Chicago and you're bringing in three-star guys, you know, you, you've you've got your three-star guys for sure. I mean, you can find a ton of those here you know tom welch from naperville north marquee multiple kids going to Loyola. yeah uh, i'm convinced both of them can play somewhere at the high major level now are they guys that you're gonna go win a big 10 with probably not but you know but if they're sitting uh, here right now with crutwig lucas williamson marquise kennedy and tom welch at illinois yeah i mean what Io? happens with, yeah what, what happens with that mike and again, we're getting off. Is is you have to be locked in with this and be true to it and let it play out. And 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 they're kind of doing. I mean, this is what kind of Illinois is doing. They're not bringing in. I mean, I owe the exception. They're not bringing in these instant impact freshmen. So if you're not bringing those types of guys in, which is fine philosophically, then you have to let it nurture and hope when they're juniors and seniors. You got something cooking, but you. I mean, Iowa's not exactly killing it right now. I mean, um, it, it takes a lot to be an impact freshman, and you know, Illinois is bringing these guys from outside the Chicago area or outside of Illinois, and that's fine. But they aren't the type of players that are going to come in. You can see that with this this team. They're going to finish under five hundred. They're not going to be a tournament team. So you're you're pushing it back another year, another year. You know, uh, now you're into year three, and we're still without any recruits in 2019. Um, next question. Alex had a few here. Mike, you stated on Jeremy Werner's show that when the Illinois or when the Illini are winning, it helps the city. How so? I live in Chicago, and unless you went to school there, Chicago, for the most part, ignores the Illini, and in a lot of spaces, looks negatively at the school. Um, well, first off, I didn't say it helps the city. I said it helps high school basketball in Illinois. And to me, there's no question that when Illinois is in the final four and then when they show up recruiting, you know, a kid in any town, people get more excited and it just makes high school basketball more exciting. And I think anyone that was around Chicago during that Illinois final four run definitely understands that the whole city was into it. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody was yeah. into that. When Sometimes they, when they had me written stories on Roger Powell from high school and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, when they win, everybody is into it. But but they, I will say when they are 
average to poor, people just don't care. I mean, they just it, they it become irrelevant. Um, it, not across the state. I specifically in Chicago. Chicago. I mean, look at Loyola. I mean, literally, no one cared <laughs> a year before that Final Four, and it was huge. I mean, bars all around the city, everywhere I went, they were packed with people watching those Loyola tournament games. You know, it was a sensation. So clearly, you know, Illinois doing well would be favored in Chicago. Um, next final question. You and Joe have acknowledged the craziness in Chicago, and then you guys bash the Illini coaches who don't want to heavily recruit Chicago. Let them try another way. It makes no sense. Um, I, I, one thing I wanted to make a, a really make this very clear. The, every time it's referenced as Chicago, I, it doesn't always mean the Chicago Public League. <laughs> you know, the, there's more to recruiting the Chicago area than just the Chicago Public League. And yeah, there's been struggles and there's been some politics and all, but there's been a whole lot of good players in the suburbs over the years and right now, particularly in the younger classes. And in, in Mike's article, you know, I, I know the Public League coaches were quoted, but, you know, those suburban players are some of the top young players in the state of Illinois. They are being watched closely. They are being evaluated. They are being recruited by high majors in the Big Ten and, and throughout the country because of their upside, their talent, their rankings, their where they're at. This is a good young group in Illinois. It's, it's better than what we have experienced in recent years. Uh, still not, I don't think, at the level that or accustomed to, but it's definitely getting better. And the point is, those aren't kids that are quote unquote hard to recruit. Uh, they are in good quality programs. There were solid people around them with with substance and and none of the. So I mean, that's what Illinois people and fans have been crying and dying for. Is hey, we want to. Uh, up and up recruitment. Well, these are all going to be that. Uh, and those names were addressed in the story. And, and it's not to say that the Illinois is not going to recruit them. They're going to. But it, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I get a little miffed when it, they always refer to when they lump everything in as one. And it's strictly the city of Chicago. You mean all 400 schools in the Sun-Times yeah, coverage I mean, area? Yeah, there's Catholic League, <laughs> yeah. there's suburban schools. I mean, it's not all, when I say the, when Chicago, Chicago area, I, I don't mean just the city. Yeah. Um, all right, next up, final question from Marty Machazic from the uh, Daily Herald. I'm sure a lot of you read his stuff over the years. He recently was honored by the IHSA, or will be honored soon, for his uh, media service over the years. Uh, Marty says, hey, Michael, hope you're doing well. Thanks to you and Joe for the coverage. I really appreciate the pr perspective on the entire state and the Chicago area. Uh, Marty goes on to say he thinks he's one of the older listeners to the podcast, which I wonder. Who knows? Um, he says, regarding the upcoming holiday tournaments, one of my favorite moments is the first time I went to Proviso West and watching King and Marcus Liberty with a bunch of rim-rattling dunks and seeing Jamie Brandon as a freshman go flying down the lane for a tomahawk slam that made you go, whoa. 
Proviso seems like it has been really up and down since the early 2000s. Are there any specific reasons you can pinpoint as to why it may have lost some luster? You guys mentioned a few weeks ago that the Chicago area is missing that marquee holiday tournament right now. Hinsdale Central is relatively new, but does it have a chance to fill that void? I mean, I think it's pretty simple where the downside of Proviso West began. And, that you know... when they expanded from, if people remember, they expanded from 16 teams to 32 teams. It was a disaster. I mean, the teams in it hated it. They were playing in the back field house in the dark makeshift gym that nobody wanted to play in. Uh, they are playing games that didn't matter at weird times and weird court. So that really, now did they do that two years, Mike? At least, yes. Two or three. And, I mean, really, they've never gained the momentum or steam back after that because there were some teams that bolted. Bennett Academy was one of them. You know, they left Proviso to go to Pontiac. And so ever since then, it's just been – and organizationally, they fought some battles as well. Uh, So – and that was the the beginning of the downfall. Yeah, it was – and – the organizer who went to 32 teams is also the same person who started Hinsdale Central. And so he took a lot of the teams with big crowds away from Proviso into Hinsdale Central. And so that's been part of the issue. Whereas Proviso used to have this hardcore group of schools, which was a nice mix of kind of urban, suburban, and schools that have built-in fan bases that weren't too far away, that came to the tournament. And that all went to heck when Hinsdale Central was created. And Kelvin Davis came in, you know, the former Chicago Public Schools sports administrator, and he runs the Proviso West Tournament now, and he's kind of pieced it together, keeping it alive and prominent by bringing in some very high-profile public league teams, you know, due to his connections. So that's kind of kept it alive for a while, but it's been getting worse and worse now, year by year. Um, as far as Marty's question about... Does Hinsdale Central have a chance to fill that void? Well, this is by far the best field Hinsdale Central has had in its, is it four years? Fourth year? I, I think know. it's fourth year. And, and you know, I, I, I'll give Hinsdale Central credit for the, I mean, for a startup tournament four years ago, it wasn't as if it was just this. Oh, no. Yeah. It was, it was a major tournament. tournament. Yeah. Um, so. To have that early foundation helped, and now they've added a team here, a team there, a couple teams. So now you're looking at a, you know, a very solid. I think you could argue that it's the second best tournament, Mike. Yeah, um, I agree. I was, you know, going through this. Almost every team that is likely to play in the second round is a ranked quality team, which is similar to Proviso West. Um, so yeah, I think Hinsdale, they're on the right track. The, the issue with Hinsdale is going to be the crowds for whatever reason it hasn't attracted crowds yet. You know, no. it's so close to Proviso and York that doesn't help. Nobody knows what it is. There's heard of it. The casual fan isn't drawn there like they were to Proviso. So yeah, that's the hurdle to get over. It looks like they've got the basketball figured out now. You know, there's no huge star, really, at the tournament this year, which is always going to be a problem. You know, tournaments need stars. But the, the field of teams is great, as Joe said. So it'll be interesting to see who shows up. Well, we'll get to our 
holiday tournament previews now. We're going to do a little differently than some of the previews we've done in the past. You know, uh, Mike and I are just going to go through them and kind of just bounce some ideas off of each other by posing some questions to each other and uh, see kind of where that takes us and leads us in our discussions of these tournaments. And uh, I think right away we'll start with the the best and where Mike goes and lives for three full days, uh, Pontiac Holiday Tournament. The 88th year. I have not been to 88 of them. <laughs> but, uh, we're getting I mean, it, up it, to 20 it, it, it is the best. I think anybody who's read anything that we write and heard us talk in the past knows about the kind of the mystique and the uh, the aura around Pontiac. It's just a if you're a diehard high school basketball fan and you haven't been there, it's definitely worth the trip. It's just a different feel that you get. And and it's different this year, Mike, because of that old Simeon. It has been the world beater down there. They've won, I don't even know, I think I just... Yeah, a couple episodes we went through. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I, the, the point is, I mean, they're one and six. I wouldn't count them out yet. I think they're a, 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 a big... Uh, dark horse in this tournament. But my, my question to you to kind of kick this off is, it's kind of crazy to ask this. Is there any way you see Simeon winning the tournament? Yes. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, if Bynum plays and if Bynum's not out. If, if Bynum plays, I, I would totally think it's possible they could win. Yeah. Without Bynum, yeah, it's a harder road. But I think this is a Simeon team. They got they play Westinghouse Wednesday night. You'll that'll be over by the time this is, you guys are listening to this. You know that that'd be a nice win for them. And they play home at Flossmore on Friday. That would be a huge win. It's at Simeon, which almost has to make them the favorites. So they could be. You know, I think they're going out of town then too. Um, or they just came back. I can't keep track of their travels. But yeah, I think if they can just get a little momentum. You know, and it's going to be that second game. You know, Lockport. Yeah, because they're not used to that. That's, yeah. they're, they're always people don't realize this. They're not even a top four seed. So now, usually getting that not an easy second round game, they never get that at Pontiac. But they're going to be like an undefeated ranked Danville team yeah. in the second round. So that's going to be if they get through that, then they could see Curie again, <laughs> and they'll be they'll be hyped up for that one. So you like their chances there, and then who knows? You know, things could really turn around. You know, the Ahmad Bynum going down, Frederick Poole has really stepped up. He's a sophomore. Um, Mm -hmm. He stepped up right away in the Curie game, hit a bunch of threes in the second half, played very well, and Robert Smith said that has continued for him. So in a way, it might be a little scary. These Simeon struggles, these freshmen and sophomores are really starting to get thrown into the fire, and that could be pretty valuable for later years. Uh, My question for you, Joe... On this one, how far does Bennett advance? I, Bennett, the, the problem with Bennett is that the, the, it's, it's always going to be about matchups with them. And what's looming is a Bennett-Bloomington second-round game. Bloomington plays fast, will put some pressure on you. It, it's just a matter of if they can handle that pressure. I see Bennett beating Bloomington in that second round and losing to Bloom in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have Bennett fallen in that semifinal game. Um, but again, I mean, again, you talk about, there's no place that has tougher second round games. And I mean, some of these second round games, Bennett Bloomington is a championship game. in I don't know, 90% of the yeah. holiday tournaments across the state. Uh, so yeah, I, I've got Bennett 
losing that semifinal. What is the the matchup that of all the great matchups in this tournament, the matchup you most want to see? You know, I'm materialize. I, I'm a little I, okay. It would be the title game, a possible Curie Bloom. You know, you can't. It's one versus two. They would both be undefeated. City power versus, you know, upstart suburban team. Uh, obviously, that would be great. But also, I'm kind of intrigued by a Curie New Trier second round game. And that was my other question. I'd ask myself this question, which I got in a preview. Which team do I want to see prove their worth the most? It's New Trier. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're making their debut at Pontiac, which is a little different than in other tournaments. Uh, they've been at Proviso West for years, and Nutrier is going to get that big date with Curie in that second round, and 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 then you think about it. I know you're a you're a you poo poo consolation bracket games, and I understand it. What what, what, are, what are those? <laughs> Nutrier loses. How about that? You lose this. Let's just say you lose to Curie, and then you go to the consolation bracket, and you're playing either Simeon or a state ranked un- one loss Danville team. Uh, so they're going to get their they're going to get tested, Nutrier. Um, I gotta. Do you think? I, maybe it's just me, but I'm a little intrigued. Uh, okay, what a percentage is? What what percentage chance is it that Bloom has a five a, a ten point or less game against Pontiac in the opener? Well, I, I think Pontiac's supposed to be good, and I think they've struggled because I think they've had some injuries. I don't know if those kids are back. They lost a kid, I think, to a – I, I, I vaguely remember the conversation I had. Um, For those I, who I, don't know, I Joe thinks about this. That game is interesting because – The first whole, half is always interesting. Yes, exactly. The whole town comes. And I was talking to the Bloom kids and Dante Maddox. You know, that HF crowd, they admit they liked it, but it took a while to get used to, and they weren't used to that kind of craziness. They have never seen anything like they're going to see. And Simeon has when they've played him. Exactly. The past. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's interesting. I, I, I wish I knew more about Pontiac, the health yeah. of Pontiac, and <laughs> things like that. And, and the other weird thing to see is Simeon playing at nine a.m. I would, I, I won't be there. You will be. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see what the crowd is for the nine a.m. game with Simeon. You know what I mean? Just the the town loves Simeon. They, they do, they, and Lockport actually draws pretty well there. Um, so, so I wonder I, if any of those people, because the Rockport's having a nice year. You know, nobody wants to talk about it. They're like eight and two. Yeah. Um, so what's, yeah. Your, what's your pick here? Um, you know, it's going to be Bloom. I yeah. think it could be tough for him, but I just, I, I like what I see of that team. And really with the number one ranking in the Super 25, I could have flipped a coin and I went with Curie in that one. So I'm just going to pick Bloom for the Pontiac. Yeah, I'm picking Bloom too. Uh, without knowing how truly how good Danville is. I mean, yeah, we, I, I just don't know. Um, but the road bloom has, I like, and, but, but boy, if bloom comes out and comes into January unbeaten with a Pontiac title, whew, I mean, that's, that's, that's some serious mojo going forward. Yeah. And it's setting up a fun, uh, even next year too, you know, yep, with a team right. like that. Um, and I guess we should mention for you guys out of area listeners, you know, Bloomington and Danville, the two uh, two of the non-local teams here, uh, Danville beat Bloomington, and I, I think a lot of you have probably seen Bloomington like I have because they've been in the Elite Classic and the Team Rose thing, and you've seen how good they are. I mean, they beat Chaminade. They had a great game against Leo, so Bloomington would be probably a top-five team in our area, and Danville beat them. So 
loaded. <laughs> while while Chris Payton scored thirty eight in that loss. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Proviso West. Uh, it's again, it's not what we're accustomed to over the. I don't know how 58 year, 58th year of uh, Proviso West Holiday Tournament. And, I mean, clearly the, the two teams to beat are the two public league teams. You got Young and Bogan kind of separating themselves with a whole bunch of teams itching at a shot to get to them. And, and I guess my first question, uh, the best shot for somebody, most realistic shot of somebody knocking off Bogan or Young, I mean, I think at this point, with the way Leo has played and the way Young has played, I'm not sure Bogan-Leo in the semis might not be the best game. Mm-hmm. Leo hasn't lost to anybody around here. Um, they've won nine in a row. I think they've been super impressive when I've seen them. Um, so I think that Leo-Bogan semi is going to be, I mean, if it materializes, is going to be an absolute fantastic game. Um Matchup wise, too. I mean, the bigs in that thing. <laughs> I mean, the, the rebounding. Yeah, oh, Deshaun D- D- Anderson. And, yeah. Rashawn AG. All the Bogan kids. To me, definitely Leo. I think they deserve to be in the conversation with Bogan and Young. Yeah, I'm not ready to put them there. I mean, they're, I will not be shocked if, if, if Leo wins uh, or, or gets to that title game. I, I think it'd be pretty something, though, if they knocked off in succession after that first round. If they knock off Uplift. Bogan and Young <laughs> to win this thing, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, Leo's probably the best bet. It's just Bogan's played so well. Yeah, um, I guess that that would be my question for you. The the uplift Leo possible second round game. I mean, what do you think uplift can do in this? Are you down on them, or do you think they have a shot to take out? Well, Leo? I, I was just writing about this, Mike. That's coming out this weekend. If you remember last year, uplift made it. I, I, Uplift is always that team. I think we always are waiting for them to have this this moment, uh, that that signature moment where you know, I don't know in a big time tournament like this or a publicly playoff game where they they, they do something that you just are waiting for them to do it with the talent that they have, like Marquise Jacobs. So last year they got to the semis and they played or and they lost by i think 40 yeah uh so this is the, the, the this is their opportunity again i mean i can uplift i i don't think they beat leo i i just i just find uplift so hard to trust still i know they've had a nice start i mean they're, they're they've only lost two games to evanston and and lane but i i just don't see them as a team that I can put my trust in that's going to go out and knock out a, a team like Leo. Yeah, and Leo is a team that has another big test still before the holiday tournaments. Most of these teams big don't. One. But yeah, if, if they go into DePaul Prep and win, I mean, that, that helps. I mean, Proviso looks at a whole different level there, I mean, right. with Leo. A sleeper. We talked about Leo, Bogan, Young. How, how about a sleeper in this tournament that could maybe not win it, but maybe pull off an upset, get into a, you know, maybe a championship or a semifinal? Yeah, I think Hillcrest for sure. You know, they were removed from the rankings this week, not because, I mean, I'm pretty high on Hillcrest's chances this year and how good they are. They just don't have a win yet. You know, they've lost all the ranked teams they've played. And so 
I took all the teams out that pretty much were in that situation. So Hillcrest fell out. However, I like their road here. You know, they start against the hosts, then they have Fenwick. And I, I think it's pretty likely that they're going to be in that semifinal against Whitney Young. And we've seen that Young has some flaws and Hillcrest has a big, they have Dylan West and Young doesn't have anybody that can stop him, especially with the way he's been playing. So I think that could be a pretty good game. I, yeah, I think Hillcrest is a real quality dark horse here where it wouldn't be crazy to all of a sudden look up on the what 28th and they're headed to the final. And it's a team that if you had to list some teams that really do need to kind of get, we talked about this last week, I think on the podcast, you know, uh, to come up with a, a, a marquee win. I mean, they lost to bloom. They lost to Marion Catholic Kenwood and Bloomington, the four best teams they faced lost to them all so they need to get that that win and they they would get that chance in the semifinal uh my pick here though i'm gonna i'm gonna go bogan over young i'm gonna stick to you know what i have seen so far and and i saw bogan and young in the same week and bogan was clearly a better team than young uh at this point in the season so i'm gonna go bogan over young yeah i agree i like bogan um However, we should probably point out that there is one undefeated team in the field at Proviso West that we have not mentioned. Uh, let me guess. Dunbar? Yep. <laughs> the Mighty, the mighty men. men. They're 10-0. and 0. All the other teams have losses <laughs> that we've talked about. <laughs> so Dunbar-Fenwick game, first round. Bryce Hopkins of Fenwick, a really great young talent. Another, keep your eye on him if you head not to Proviso West. Six foot five, do it all wing uh, sophomore putting up big numbers averaging over 20 a game it's been one of the breakout stars so far in in this season all right hinsdale central let's see um there's a chance i wind up here on uh, the 26th Uh, it's on my list of possibilities i have never been to the hinsdale central holiday wait did i show up now i'm thinking maybe i did show up one year you've never been there now i'm thinking I've either never been there or showed up briefly once. Yeah, it because um, I'm out of town for all but the first day usually. Yeah, um, but this I might mean, be the year. I, DePaul Prep. I mean, let's just get that out of the way. I mean, DePaul Prep and Marion Catholic, I think, are the two teams I, that I think are the teams to beat, and they're in the same bracket. Yeah. That's a little unfortunate. And from I saw Rich, really good Richards performance. They're also there. Um, so yeah, that's, a that's rough, but man, there's some good first round games in this. I guess, well, what's your favorite first round game? I'd probably go the, <laughs> the very first one, uh, Willowbrook and Richards. Uh, I think it could, well, no, I'm gonna take that back. I want Lincoln Park, Maine South, yeah, the last game. Definitely. Lincoln yeah. Park, Maine South. Uh, you know, contrasting styles. Obviously I was high on Lincoln Park after watching them knock off Whitney Young last Friday night. You know, I, yeah, I, I, that one's gonna be, that's gonna be a good one, uh, because I, I wouldn't. The winner of that, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, I think HF is gonna be is a better team in that second round game that they would face, but it wouldn't shock me if the winner of Lincoln Park Main South made it to the semifinals. Yeah, they could. Um, HF, you know, I've seen them twice this year. They've lost both. You know, they they beat Marion Catholic without Ulis, and they lost um, another close one to Bloom. I mean, they've given Bloom great tests. And Isaac Stanback is, you know, he's been in varsity. Well, started at Hillcrest and HF for four years now. And we, we really haven't talked about him a ton over the years. But he's developed into 
a really dominating high school player. You know, even when he doesn't, even when he only scores 12 or 13, he's usually got three or four blocks, double digit rebounds. I mean, he has such a huge impact on the high school games really for the last year and a half that I've watched. Um, and this could be a big tournament for him. You know, if they, he can get them into the final, I think a lot more people will believe in HF. Uh, they would have a possible semi against Oswego East. What team, and let's see if it matches up with what I think, what team do you think has the most approved in this field? I mean, I think we've been saying this about them for a while, or at least this year, but Oswego East. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I Oswego East has had one big time. I mean, they, they've got some nice wins. Uh, you know, they haven't just beat up on slouches, but they had one major test and, and fell short against St. Viator yeah. and a three-point loss that wasn't quite as close as a score. But I yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, this is a talented offensive team, could put points on the board. Oswego East Westinghouse game could be a fun one too. But, yeah, I think that's the team that this is their time to kind of show, all right, we deserve where we're ranked. We deserve kind of the hype that we got, and we're going to go out and, and make a run here. Yeah, very tough road for them. Like you said, the Westinghouse, St. Rita possibly in the second round, the HF, so they don't have an easy game in this one. Um, so I guess, yeah, and I think a lot of these early games could be interesting, which is what makes this a fun tournament. What possible upset do you see, Joe, in the first round? First round upset? Um, I, I, I probably have to – I'm a, Westinghouse is scary to me for Oswego East. I think Oswego East gets through, but – uh, Devin Davis, the, the high-scoring guard we talked about, he can get high, score, hot, scoring bunches. So I think that's a scary game for Oswego East. Yeah, and Westinghouse, as you talked about, both played Simeon, and I'm a firm believer in the better teams you play, the better you get. And once you've seen Simeon at Simeon, those Westinghouse kids are definitely going to be ready for some next-level stuff. Um, all right, I guess we should pick this one. I'm having trouble with this. To be honest, this that Marion Catholic to Paul Prep semifinals tough for me. I, I wish that was a final, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, that'd be a great championship game. Uh, I, I'm gonna go to Paul Prep winning this thing um, with that big semifinal win over Marion Catholic. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Marion. Um, I loved DePaul Prep when I saw them. I saw I thought they were really excellent. But when you look at Marion Catholic scores and what they're doing to some very good teams. Yeah, they, they, they've, they've been terrific. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both those teams. I mean, they've been two of the more impressive teams in the Chicago area. All right, next up, Wheeling. Hardwood Classic. This is a good. This is a good group of teams. I mean, this is another one where you're looking at some very strong second round games, some possible first round upsets. I guess my. I guess we'll go back to the old uh, Waukegan thing. Uh, what do you think, Joe? <laughs> How far are the Bulldogs going in the Hardwood Classic? I got them losing in the second round. Oh, I thought about that. They could play Fremd in the second round. I, I think Joe. that's a horrific matchup for them. Uh, I, I just, I think that's going to be really difficult for, for the Wade style and what Frem does, uh, at both ends of the floor will frustrate the old Bulldogs and, and Frem pulls <laughs> off the, the somewhat smaller upset. Uh, with the way Libertyville beat Waukegan last year, like three times, I, I'm not sure that I think they'd rather play Frem <laughs> even without Drew Peterson, that Libertyville mojo was weird with Waukegan. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Frem's pretty. I mean, I watched. I saw Frem this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. No, they're not as strong as the team that went thirty and zero or whatever a couple years ago. But I mean, they're still such a pain in the neck to play. Their their, their style just really takes you out of what you want to do. Again, at both ends of the floor, uh, they kind of they'll hold, they'll grab, they'll frustrate you. They'll they do a great job of it. And uh, I, I think that's just not co- conducive to Waukegan. Uh, I, I guess if if you had to pick one team or one matchup here that you hope materializes, because I think this tournament, you know, Saint, well, I guess your favorite, everybody's going to say St. Viator, the way they've played. But if you had to have one matchup that you really would love to see materialize in this one, Whew, that's tough. Because um, I got my eye on a championship game that I think would be really fun. Really? See, I, I mean, I haven't seen Geneva yet, so they're intriguing to me, and I like watching Mitch Mascari shoot. I mean, I, I mean, a Viator-Glenbrook South title game w- would clearly be good. It's not the kind of game I want to see Viator play, though. So I don't have anything that really screams at me in this one. I, I just think? like these, like the I want one, I want something out of, not that I'm not believing in Glenbrook South, but I want to see Glenbrook South just kind of solidify what they've done so far. You know, I wrote this big article is how great they are and I think some people up there that way were getting a little tired of all the Glenbrook South. I think some kids even mentioned it in yeah, uh, is that the new true game? Yeah. In your, your story. Yeah. So you know, I they got a lot of pub. They deserved it, but I I, I want them. You know, I don't necessarily think a, a win over Notre Dame or prospect is going to do it for me. I don't think them beating a Fremd or a Waukegan is going to do it for me. But if Glenbrook South can get to the championship game and face a Saint Viator and, and knock them off, then I'm like, okay, th- this team. Not that the Evanston game didn't wake me up or wake anybody up, but. I, I just want to see them get another opportunity against a high-profile opponent. Nice. Um, I guess uh, I'm pretty – if you got to pick a dark horse, a non-Viator GBS, who's most likely to win this? That's either friend or Geneva. Um, I'm actually going to go see Geneva tomorrow night. but Or not tomorrow night, Friday night. Uh I just don't see Geneva beating St. Viator. I'll, I'll go. I'll go Fremd. All right, I'm back in. I think Notre Dame's going to find themselves here. I, I wouldn't be surprised, shocked at all. Maybe if they found their way into the semis or the or the title game, uh, I think maybe football will be behind them enough. They'll find their mojo here. Some of those sophomores and. You know Bergstrom, the other guys, and maybe we'll we'll see Notre Dame make a run. Yeah, some good some good individual talent here. You know the the the, the duo at St. Viator is really playing at a high level. Trey Calvin and Jeremiah Hernandez, and then obviously the, the two sophomores in Notre Dame are fun. You know Troy D'Amico and Anthony Sales at Notre Dame. Yeah, Waukegan's got that nine a.m. early game too. We haven't talked much about Niles North. They've put together a decent season. They've that, struggled lately. Yeah, that'd be a um, second round game with Geneva. Possibly. And Deerfield has won five in a row since going on four. So Deerfield and uh, you know St. Vider in the second round maybe. But um, but I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna go St. Vider over Glenbrook South. 
Yeah, I'll go St. Viator over Notre Dame. Why not? The Don's getting hot. All right. Yeah, I got to pick some. Can't keep picking the favorites. Um, Tosh, yeah, York. Picking them all. Yeah, welcome to York. Um, this is where you pick a favorite. Yeah, York. <laughs> I mean, well, this this whole thing I went through, and it's like, York always seems to bamboozle my, me. <laughs> yeah. Mind-numbing. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I, I think you already saw a team in a bracket earlier. Yeah, is that a repeat? As you go back and just, nope, no, it's, they got it right. It's uh yeah it's it's a little cookie cutter but it's i I mean (laughs) how many games are toss-ups in the first round i wonder oh i know this by the time i got to the picking the semis i felt like i'd made so many stupid mistakes yeah that who even knew i mean it was and you know this is one where nine every year but okay last year didn't i pick like Wheaton, who would I pick to win it? I picked somebody, York, because they always win it or get to the title game. So last year, I think I picked York, and of course, but, they lost early. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start with this thing. I, 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 will, I will say that brackets are messed up. I mean, I, like Riverside Brookfield is the number one seed, and they would have to play Naperville North and Tom Welch in the second round of this 32-team tournament. Yeah, That's just... The Sandberg guy team I saw wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's crazy to me. And then, you know, Lions has played really well. They're in that bracket. They have to play RB. Have to play them. Like RB for this tournament, thirty-two teams. Where I think there's two teams the entire field that are ranked. Has a and they got Brother Rice on their side of the bracket. <laughs> they got yeah. a. I mean, this this Wheat North. I mean, this this bracket is jacked up. And then the top bracket, which. I'm going to take York in, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, she's on an order to start with a question to you, Mike. Uh, I, I, I got, well, I'll go then. I'm I, ready. I got one. Well, I'll start. Okay. Go ahead. Is there any circumstance where you like a 32 team tournament? You, you know, I have to say definitely no. And I'm pretty sure if you go back on the podcasts, cause we were doing it back then, I believe I was open to the 32 team proviso. Ugh. Yeah, I did really? not I'll admit I was wrong. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I didn't think it was. I was open to giving it a shot, I guess. And but when it's rolling like a hat, well, we don't go down that road. All right, forget it. Uh, but no, you're right. I, I, I don't. The 16, just looking at the 16 team bracket just makes sense in your mind. <laughs> you know? You can't figure out which round they're in when I hear scores. Like, what? Yeah. Is that a. Second round, well, second round means in the quarters. No, you're not quite in the quarters yet. You're, <laughs> I, I, anyway. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I don't like 32 teams. Uh, they do a good job, I will say, uh, the 32 teams. It is nice if you've never been there before. They have two gyms going. They are by the half, they're off, you know, each gym starts at a different time. So if you really, there is no downtime. If you want to pop back and forth between gyms and catch a lot of games and see a lot of players and you know, it, it is a benefit in that regard uh, because of the, the, the timing of all the games. Um, my question for you, Joe, I've had some non high school media people ask me about York because of Max Christie and on some vacation time, they've thought, and this is see, and this is what proviso West used to be. And this is what Hinsdale central needs. You need the star. Somebody who likes basketball, likes high school basketball, but isn't a junkie or a huge fan, 
their thoughts turn towards the holiday tournaments. And they say, huh, I've been reading about Max Christie. Sounds like he's right. an XP thing. I'd like to see him. And I've had two, at least two people reach out to me about this. And that guy is Max Christie at Rolling Meadows. He's in this tournament. Jack, do they need, or Joe, do they need to go see him at 630 in the first round? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think they do get by stag. Okay. I, <laughs> but that's not, that's not a guarantee. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope he wins because I think that'd be a really cool Max Christie York second yes. round game. You know, York is not only the whole school, they're one of the favorites to win it. I think York would give rolling medals, all kinds of fits with their, it's not real. It's like a more of a matchup zone. Uh, I think that would really create problems for, for Max Christie and rolling meadows. So I, I really hope that, you know, that matchup materializes uh, you know, you to stay on the point with what you were saying about stars. I mean, it, you know, let's just say there's a Loyola fan out there, Loyola Ramblers college basketball fan. I mean, you got a chance to see both their top recruits, Marquise Kennedy, who is you know right up there with Marquise Jacobs, is one of the best guards in the entire senior class in Illinois. Tom Welch, top five or six prospect in the entire class of 2019. They're both playing in this. In fact, if they both win, you can see them on back-to-back games, uh, Naperville North, that they can get by Sandberg, and if uh, Brother Rice can get by St. Francis. So uh, just, uh, again, star players, there there are some here. I mean, you got Hodges at Schaumburg, one of the high-profile. Chris Hodges, a six-foot-eight sophomore at Schaumburg, another high-profile guy. you got Nate Ferguson at Lamont, a mid-major, going to Drake. Uh, so there is a lot of, you know, for a tournament without – ranked teams uh, I think again I think there's two currently but uh, that's pretty cool to have that type of individual talent here uh, my question I guess my, my next one just regarding to this is I mean you've seen Rolling Meadows I'm going back to Rolling Meadows how, how far do you think I mean do you feel like they without having seen York that that star individual player can carry them I don't think they beat Stag. Okay. Yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't be shocked if Stag beat him, but Stag's I'm gonna, five and five. I'm gonna roll with the guy who pumped in fifty one. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna have to be a big performance, no doubt about it. Um, I guess that's the other. I I don't know. I I always say one thing about this tournament, though, is that because it's thirty two teams, and even though the winner's not gonna come out of here with a a eye-opening win because there's not a team that you can really beat in here and say, "Oh wow, um, you knocked off Young or you knocked, you know, you knocked off a Curie or Bennett." Uh, but I will say something for the grind of this tournament: winning five games in a row to win a tournament, regardless, is is no small task. I mean, that's a especially with the different. There, there's some quality coaches in this tournament. There are some unique different odd styles of play in this tournament and I, I think getting through that and five wins also gives your little jolt going into january when you've rattled off five in a row yeah no doubt about it um do you think i was high on tf south when i saw them in the over thanksgiving week and i know we're not supposed to get too excited about tf south um, and I know some people have seen them recently, haven't been too impressed, but I mean, they lost by four to Homewood Flossmore. 
They lost by 12 to Marion Catholic. You look at the teams they're going to play in this. I mean, they're going to have more talent than all of them. I think until I mean, probably, I mean, I guess how far do you see TF? How, uh, I mean, possibly in addition to those scores, they also lost a rich central. Uh, Who wasn't bad when I saw no, them. I know. They, they lost to Wheaton Warrenville South, a decent Oakland team. Right, but I mean, I picture those types of teams in here. That's true. <laughs> At York, I mean, they're going to open uh, with Schomburg, who, who's been off to a nice start. Uh, gosh, I, th- th- this is like with everybody. It's like uh, I don't know. It could go either way. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and especially TF South, because they're up and down. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the semis, personally. No, because I think they'd beat Ignatius. So, oh, that still doesn't get you to the semis. No, uh, they, yeah, they got to beat York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I got York winning that. I, York, York's, I, I'll just give you my pick. I, I, York's getting to the championship game. I got York and Brother Rice playing in the championship. We haven't talked at all about the team I have winning. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going. Saint, I'm going St. Lawrence. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna have to get by York in that semi, so that's tough. But I like their chances against Brother Rice or RB once if they get to the title game. I no, I, I, I like St. Lawrence. Um, have you seen Have you seen them play yet? No, I've no. not. I mean, they play fast. They put up shots. It sounds just like last year, minus some personnel. So yeah, yeah. and I love Jeremiah Williams from what I saw last year. Yeah, so, yeah. And he's even yeah, he's even improved and gotten better at a couple of coaches. Uh go see him last night, college coaches that really, really liked him. So you know, I yeah, I I, I just think I, I, I like what York's done so far. They've got a pretty nice resume, Mike. Um you know, and they've got guards. You love guards, I love guards. They've rattled off, I think, six, seven in a row, um, including a win over Bennett. Six in a row, and the only losses to Stevenson back when they still had Ambrose. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm going to go. Boy, I think I picked Brother Rice last year, though. I can't pick him two years in a row, can I? I'll go with York. I'm going to have York win this whole thing. York over Brother Rice in the final. So it's looking like that York St. Lawrence uh, semi could be a, a big deal. That, that'll be a good one too. Man. So I mean, York, for York fans that get to go to the tournament, I mean, you could theoretically get to see a tremendous game with St. Lawrence and and uh, York in the semis. Also get to see Max Christie. Also get to see you know maybe a TF South or, or Schaumburg. Or Chris South. Hodges, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you got a nice little road, a fun road to watch if things go your way. Yeah, I saw RB last night, and the second time I've seen them just be way too reliant on the three-pointer and not be able to hit it. Um, so it's weird. They're the number one seed, and we have not talked about them a ton. But Yeah, yeah they, I mean, they're – I just don't like their road. I mean, again, for the one seed, they – like, Naperville North was – I mean, they, they have two losses when Tom Welsh didn't play. So I, I don't know if that factored into it. They saw the one loss record, but I mean – yeah. So anyway, um, what's our next turn? Dipper, 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 Oof. much like Proviso, um, more so than Proviso. Yeah, but it started at a lower spot, <laughs> so yeah, so they've both um, gone down. I know, but the, the you know, I mean, everybody remembers Proviso, but the Dipper's more geographically the heartbeat of the South suburbs, and I, I just feel like it's such a sad. 
it's it's, it's more sad to see than than what's happened to provide it's got three Indiana teams. Yeah. And they completely screwed up the bracket with Romeoville and Marshall, maybe the second, third, or fourth best team playing in the first round. Right. Wait, wait, what did you say? Uh, the best. I think Romeoville and Marshall are either the second, third, or. Oh, okay. I thought you said third and fourth best team. Best. Yeah. I think it's the, the best. Uh, uh, yeah, and they're both in the bracket with the best team. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, the top four teams are three of the top four are in that one bracket. You throw Farragut in there as well. So, uh, easy question for you, Mike. Is anyone, is anyone beat Morgan Park at the Dipper? No. (laughs) All right. I agree. I mean, I, does anyone... I was looking at this getting glazing over a little bit. Um, Does anyone play Morgan Park within 10 points at this tournament? Yeah, I think Marshall could um, from the scores we've seen from them. Um, but that's part of the problem. I say no way. I say I say they roll all four games. Do... What do you do? You think there's we gonna... saw Romeville in a not a good game this week. I mean, it's hard to kind of yeah. I've seen much out of that twice um, now. I saw him against Mount Carmel. Um, they... I just don't see them. It's a great start for Romeville. What are they eight and one, nine and one? That's a yeah. you know coming off last year's kind of up and down yo-yo season. I, I just don't see that team. You know, if they can get by Marshall, I mean, I guess. We're sitting here talking about the three or four best teams. We have no idea. I have no idea, at least, what Hammond, Michigan City, or Theo Bowman. Gary Bowman, yeah. Who knows? My, my question uh, for you is, does Morgan Park get through the entire tournament without an incident? Things were hot in the Morgan Park Bloom game. There's yeah. always tempers high at the Big Dipper. But do you know what the first thing I thought of when, the, when, when things flared up there with in that game with Bloom? No. That this whole probation thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm at it. Cause last <laughs> because year, Morgan Park had incidents at the Dipper. I, I just, I don't know if, it, if it's forgetful that they were on probation. What does the probation mean? No one knows. Yeah. I think that's the top storyline here might be. Can Morgan Park get through this without breaking whatever their probation is because they they might have to beat Marshall and Farragut to win this tournament <laughs> or Thornton and the Marshall Thornton game. Didn't they stop it last year? Morgan Park Thornton. Was that that game? Yeah, it was the title game. They called it because Ty streets and Nick Irvin were yelling at one another too much. Yeah. Put putting this field together while a team's on probation is like just throwing gas. So, yeah. <laughs> I think the Dipper might not be loaded with teams, but I don't think it's going to be dull. Is my uh... yeah? Uh, I, I'll say they get out of it scotch free. Scotch free. I, I I don't know. I, they, they then the reason why, and sometimes it doesn't matter, I, is what I just said. I, I think they're all going to be double digit wins. So it's not going to be quite the need to go down that road. But, uh, yeah, and, and I think Adam Miller, you know, he, 
if I recall, didn't he put together some monster games here last year? Sure did, because Iowa wasn't playing. Yeah. Out, yeah. Uh, I think they have you know a little bit of a comfort level there now. Is this their second or third year there? I think it's the third now. Um, and I got to say, I went there. I was at this one for one of the Morgan Park games, and man, you know, we talk about high school basketball and crowds and people carrying these high school, in these tournaments, and man, people still come to the Dipper. <laughs> you know, despite yeah, it's, it's such a neighborhood this. thing. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just that's why I, my you know a little bit ago I just mentioned that it's just so that you know when we went there with that when it was really rocking. I mean, it, it, it is a cool place on that semifinal night when you got a you know the right right mix there, and now it's. Eh, I mean, it, it was intense when I was in there yet last year. I mean, it who was, was playing the summer? What, what night were you there? I don't even remember when it was early. I, I think, think it might have been early, right? Yeah, I think it was the twenty seventh, the second round, maybe. Um, but no, every time I go there, it, it's electric. There is an atmosphere. There's usually kids waiting to get in because it's kind of full where they can sit. I mean, everything you want your high school basketball kind of. The juice is there at the Dipper still. That's why it's such a shame. I mean, what Hinsdale Central and Proviso West would kill for the feel around the Dipper for the bigger games. It's a shame we can't, like, work this out somehow better. Yeah, I'll take Morgan Park over Farragut in the final. Yeah, I think that... You know, I haven't seen Thornton this year. Some of their scores have been pretty good. And we know Farragut is liable to blow one. Um, so that's a little tough. And Thornton always plays well at the Dipper. You know, you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, even some years when they were down, we've seen them lately in the final. Um, so yeah, I think that's a pretty, so, I mean, you're looking at a final four possible of Morgan Park, Marshall and Thornton Farragut. Boy, there's something. Something could happen there. Yeah, exactly. This, this is what I'm saying. This is. You've got the South Side, the West. You've got South Side, West Side, and Thornton. You've got Mean Street and the Fire. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That is a Friday night in the South Suburbs. So maybe the Dipper should have been ahead of York in our uh, rundown here, because. I mean, if you're hanging around the South Suburbs, you could do worse than showing up for that entertainment. Um, all right. Anything else on the Dipper? Oh, I guess yeah, I'm picking Morgan Park, too. Uh, yeah. And we're going to kind of zip through a couple of a couple of the ones here. Um, I like Bloomington State Farm. I like this. I, I enjoyed filling this out. This is a tournament that I could go and spend. the. Oh, you um, fill out your brackets? Oh, yeah. I, I love, to me, this Bloomington bracket is, it's right there with Pontiac. I like. Huh? Oh, I love the mix of teams. Yeah, they're not the same. Oh, the mix of teams is fun. I yeah. just I don't think it's it, I'm a bi- I'm a big State Farm classic fan, but I don't like this mix of teams. I just the teams I'd want to see I, I, should, the I, I like the I like the mix. Yeah. I, say. I I don't think it's the the level that they've seen down there. I've had a bunch of basketball friends or people that live in that area. They always go over there and, there's, and they just hit me up, "Joe, how about this year?" and I it's hard for me to really get fired up about the field this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not loaded. I guess there's some teams I really want to see. I really enjoyed watching Thornwood play. Um, so I, I think they could – a problem is they could run into Kenwood in the second round. So I think it's a little unfortunate that those two are matched up so early, probably based on records and stuff. And, you know, North Lawndale seems to have rebounded a little bit now, but it's down. Wheaton Warrenville South isn't quite as good. So you're definitely right. I just really like – the fact that we've got 
teams from Lake County, teams from the public oh, that, league. Yeah, that part's awesome. Yeah. And they do a great job hosting it. Yeah. I, I, I do not like the different sites. If not, people aren't familiar with it, they they play at Normal West like for a round, and then they, they play at the Shirk Center, which is a terrific venue. From then for, on, yeah. From then on. But um, I, I, I just no, – no disrespect to your steel men, but – I, I just see them with that number two next to them as the second seed, and I'm like, eh. I, yeah, no, nobody respects the Steelmen and uh, Larry Thompson until they're in a sectional final <laughs> every year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then he, all again, of a sudden they're great. great again, <laughs> yeah. I think he lost all five starters. Yeah. And what is he seven and one or? What, seven They've lost two, twice to Romeoville in overtime. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so no, yeah. They, I don't want to take anything away from what they've done, but like Rock Island's a third scene. This is not a real good Rock Island team. Uh, I, I guess real quick question: Wheaton South, where, they, where, they, how far do they go? Yeah, well, we could wind up with this fun once again: Wheaton South North Lawndale uh, second round matchup, which is always great. Um, I think this year North Lawndale takes them down, so I think Wheaton South goes down in the second round. Oh, you got Rock Island losing. Yeah, you took my. They're not as good as Rock Island usually goes to heart. And well, no, I took the seed over the three. Did you see that thing where the uh, Quad Cities lost in the um, Iowa shootout thing for the first time in forty some years? Yeah, they're like historically, historically down, not just yeah. like sorta. So yeah, I just see some of these teams that we're used to being really strong, like North Chicago. You know, usually over the years, you know. Even- even North Lawndale. Yeah, well, North Chicago played Waukegan pretty well last night. I mean, they're not off to a great start, but they that lost might, by yeah, six. Yeah, good sign for uh, <laughs> yeah, true. our yeah. Bulldogs then. But, I, no, I just... They beat Kenwood. Or, I'm sorry. Um, they didn't beat Kenwood. Um, who did they beat? No, she, but, yeah, no, you're right. It's not loaded. Um, I, but you're looking at a possible uh, semifinals of Kenwood, Zion Benton, and Joliet Central North Lawndale. It's not going to set the world on fire. This is a big, big trip for Kenwood. Exactly. Yeah, I think Kenwood can come out of here. I think they will come I mean, out of here should, with the title. Yeah, but they, they they need to. You know what I mean? Like I put Kenwood in that group over since they've lost that one great group in the last couple of years, kind of up and down, trying to figure them out, trying to solidify themselves, and and this is going to be good for that program and team. To, to, you know, they've gone to Missouri for a tournament in the past. They've kind of been a nomad here at Holidays, and I think this is a great spot for them. Uh, they treat you well down there. They're going to enjoy it. And if they can get a tournament title out of it, uh, that, that might do some – kind of lift them up a little bit going into the new year. This is their first year there, right? Yeah. Um, they, yeah. They'd wanted – they'd been looking for a, for a classic tournament to go to. You know, just said they'd been going around. You know, they'd inquired on some of the other – this is a great fit for them and for Bloomington, for State yep. Farm. So, yeah, yep. th- this is well done. And then uh, one other one you might touch on is Centralia. And if I haven't been there in years. I don't know how many years it's been, 10, 12. But uh, this – you know, I know Mike and I always rave and people may get tired of listening – just talk about Pontiac and how great it is, but Centralia is Pontiac-ish. You know, it's if you've never been there, it's just a a great community feel. The format somewhat similar, three days as Pontiac, and again, the overall feel is different at Centralia than than most tournaments. Now that was 10, 12 years ago. From what I hear, it's 
pretty much the same. Uh, and we've got, you know, some interest there for a few reasons. There's some out-of-state teams, but the big thing is Evanston uh, is down there. And the other big thing is the defending state champs with the state's best players down there, EJ Liddell and Belleville West. So, you know, if I could pick any game to watch that I'm not going to watch, that would be the one. I would love to see Belleville West and Evanston, two teams that were playing in Peoria last year. Obviously, Belleville West won the thing, and and Evanston finished third. I I, I would love to see that develop, and and, and just to see how that short – or that team with little size in Evanston go up against EJ Liddell and Belleville West. I imagine Jalen Gibson would try to do his best. He's a great defender and, and, and do his best and with EJ Liddell or be creative. Mike Ellis getting creative to try to neutralize the state's best player, but that would be a great one. Yeah, super fun. Like Pontiac, they do the um, semis in the afternoon in the title game later at night. Um, so that's pretty neat. And it, it seems like, I mean, I don't know anything about these Tennessee teams, but it looks like it'd be a pretty big upset if we don't get Belleville West Evanston, right? Right. I mean, like you said, we, I don't know. I mean, Evanston would play Centralia in the second round. Now I don't know a lot about Centralia, but I've known enough about trying to beat Centralia at Centralia to know that's not going to be easy. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know about these out of state teams. All right. Well, uh, nobody really have noted Pekin. Um, we have some locals down there. They are not the top <laughs> four seeds. Um, Hersey's down there. Plainfield East. Who's got an interesting team this year, like Zurich, Mount Carmel. Um, but yeah, I don't think the area is going to do much damage there. Um, there was a there's a tournament at Prosser with some fun teams, um, but that's about all I've got on the. Uh, any other tournaments you wanted to hit, Joe? Mm, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, 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 it's still the best time of the regular season, and from the this sometimes it's spread out and stretched out a little bit. This year, it's 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 a uh, it's a sprint, and it's the twenty sixth, and you get going. And uh, other than other than um, York, they're all wrapping up by the 29th. and then if you're bored on. New Year's Eve day, head over to York. Which and I will be, despite my wife's protests. <laughs> it's 3.30, right? 3.30 yeah, championship game? It is, yeah. I mean, that, okay, that's barring who's playing in it. I, I might, <laughs> most likely <laughs> I will go, but I, I reserve the right to back out. Yeah, I'll probably be there too. Although <laughs> they should have, that. I don't like it playing on New Year's. They should have started it on the 21st, it's like first round games on the 21st. That would have been interesting. Or is that Saturday? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah or Saturday 22nd, whatever that Saturday is. They should have knocked out first round and then, then go at it for four days. All right, that'll do for the holiday tournament preview. I feel like the season went fast. We just wrapped up the holiday tournament preview <laughs> podcast. It's pretty wild. Um, Drive safe, everybody, heading around to all the tournaments. I hope to see you at Pontiac or wherever I wind up on the 26th. Then have a happy holidays. We will be back next week. Mm-hmm.